Put on your heart. Thanks, brother. Well, it's good to be back in God's house tonight, and I, I'm always looking forward uh, to being with God's people. I love that song, Behold Our God. 1 Kings chapter number 19. And this will be a familiar passage to some of you if you've been in church for a little while. But I want to read a few verses, and we'll, we'll talk for a minute out of this uh, tonight. 1 Kings chapter number 19. Let's begin reading in verse number 1, and we'll uh, read down through verse number 8, but we'll work through most of this chapter tonight. We'll look at verse number nine, chapter 19, verse number 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not, and notice this, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. When he saw that, he arose, and he went for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servants there. Verse number 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and lay down again. The angel, the Lord, came unto, again unto him a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat went into the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights into Horeb and the mount of, of God. In verse number 9, And he came thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Let's pray together tonight. Father, we, well, we come together tonight, Lord, and we, Lord, we're here to worship you, Lord. And I thank you for the wonderful music already. I thank you that we have a reason to sing tonight. Lord, you are worthy and you are holy. And Lord, as we teach through this passage tonight, Lord, I pray that you just help us. Lord, I pray that you grow each one of us. God, I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for a faithful pastor and his family. Lord, uh, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this church. Lord, what a great time yesterday and already tonight. And Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to leave differently than we came tonight. Lord, I, as I've prayed so often, Lord, I pray that you'd help me to decrease so that you can increase. Lord, I pray tonight, God, that we wouldn't hear from a man. But Lord, I, I pray that we'd hear from you. Lord, I pray that you'd have your will in your way in this place tonight. We'll be careful, Lord, to give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. In your precious, in your holy name we pray. Amen. This uh, passage is an interesting passage to me. We find the prophet of God laying under a tree at a point where he's simply asking God to kill him. It's an amazing thought to think about. Elijah is a familiar person to us in Scripture. Man, he did some great things. He saw some great miracles. He was a man of God, no doubt. But yet he comes to a place in his life where he's tired, where he's ready to quit, where he's, he's, he's saying, God, I want you to take my life away. Interesting thought here. Because this was a, you don't expect that from the preacher. You don't expect that from a man of God that God has used in so many different ways. 
And I begin to study this and begin to think about this and really where Elijah is at this moment in his life, he's feeling and going through some things that many people go through today. We live in a world where you hear a lot about depression. You hear a lot about anxiety. People are tired. People are feeling defeated. People in church even are dealing with mental battles and things going on. And I I want to preach a, a message tonight simply titled this, Fighting Through the Funk. Have you ever found yourself in a funk? Where you just find yourself in a place where you've been doing what's right, you've been trying, and man, you just, you, you, but you just don't feel it. Man, you just feel like you, you can't go on any longer. I, f- I found myself there before. Man, discouraged. Maybe not at the point where Elijah was, but headed in that direction. And I want to just study the Word tonight, and I want to just teach you something the Lord taught me about fighting through the funk. Man, keep going when we don't feel like going. Man, people everywhere. And I'm not, and listen, let me just say this before we get into this. I'm not talking about clinical type depression. I understand there's mental illness where people need to have medicine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the normal depression and the funk of everyday life that all of us can fall into if we're not careful. And I want to just talk to you about that tonight and maybe just help you. I believe if you could get this message, maybe if you're in a funk right now, maybe you, you, you've been in a funk before, and if you're not in one now and you haven't been in one in before, can I just say, eventually you're going to be in one. Life hits us sometimes, man. Real life is... And I, I hear people say, oh, as a Christian, you should never be discouraged. You should never have problems and all this. That ain't reality, okay? The reality of the Christian life is this. We've been promised suffering. We've been promised persecution. Discouragement is going to come your way. And what separates the men from the boys, spiritually speaking, is what we do when that suffering comes and what we do when that persecution comes and what we do when those hard times come. I've seen people go through the exact same trial The exact same problem. One of them runs from the Lord and the other one runs to the Lord. What is it tonight that makes the difference when those times come in our lives? Elijah was called by God. And he was sent by God in a day of memorial and religious apathy, idolatry. And God had sent him there to bring a nation back to God. He was a prophet of God. God used Elijah in some great ways in Scripture. He saw wonderful miracles of God. He faced some major conflict. And in James chapter number 5, verse number 17, it says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. It's Elijah who we read about here in verse number 4 that says this, He went under this tree and he asked God to take away his life. He said, it is enough now, O Lord. I can picture the prophet under that tree throwing up his hands and saying, it's enough. I can't take any more. This prophet of God, this man of God, this one called by God comes to a point in his life, a point that seems pretty dark, and he asks the Lord to take his life away. Listen, what, here's some signs right out of the text that I want to tell you. First of all, I'm going to give you some signs that you're headed into this funk. Man, that warning sign. You know, I remember when I was in high school, I had this pickup truck and that, that dash light come on. And it, it basically that check engine light. And guess what I did? I ignored it. And I'll never forget it. I was driving down I-35 at midnight coming home from rodeo. And something started to happen. Guess what started happening? Smoke started coming out of that hood. I pull over. Needless to say, the fire department had to come, okay? I wasn't changing the oil like I should have been changing. And I blew up that motor in the middle of the night because I ignored the warning sign that was on the dash. 
I want to give you some warning signs here that we need to make sure we're not ignoring in our life. The first thing that I notice in this text, or even in, the, in this book, and we'll get into this text, is this. The first thing that I notice is Elijah had forgotten some past victories. Man, if you know the life of Elijah, he had just seen some awesome things happen. In, in 1 Kings chapter number 17, if you remember, remember who fed him when they needed food? God sent ravens just two chapters earlier to feed him. Man, it, it, chapter number 17, just two chapters earlier, the widow's food was multiplied. Y'all remember that miracle? Just two chapters earlier, in chapter number, or one chapter earlier, in chapter number 18, as he faced those prophets of Baal and Jezebel, God had sent down fire from heaven. Hey, he had sent that thunderstorm when they hadn't seen rain in chapter number 18. And here Elijah is one chapter later. And he's asking God to take away his life. He had just seen miracles happen. Yet in the moment, he's, he, he had forgotten what God had done in the past. Maybe tonight you're sitting here and a warning sign in your life. Maybe you're in that funk tonight. Maybe you've forgotten that God's won some major victories for you in the past. Maybe you've forgotten those times when He answered prayer and He, and he came through. Maybe even when you weren't even praying for it and He answered it. Listen, don't forget those past victories. The second thing that I noticed, not only did he forget past, uh, 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 past victories, but look at verse number 2, chapter 19. Then Jezebel sent messengers unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he, notice this word, saw... He arose and he went for his life and he came to Beersheba which belongeth to Judah and he was left his servants there. Not only had he forgotten past victories but you know what he was doing in the heat of the moment we do this a lot of times? He was magnifying the present problem. He was seeing a problem and he was making it bigger than it really was. You know as church people we can be guilty of this so often. We can take a little thing and we can make this little molehill, we can make it a mountain if we're not careful. Can I just say what Whitehall Baptist Church needs in this place? We need some people, listen, that don't bring gasoline to a fire. But guess what leaders do? They bring water to a fire. Men, godly people, people that have peace, people that are following the Lord many times. Listen, what what we're called to do is not make a big deal out of a small deal. Not to make a problem bigger than it is. And that's what he was doing here. He was magnifying the present problem. Here's, and that's a, that's a warning sign in your life. If you always find yourself where everything's an emergency, that's a sign that you're getting ready to go into the funk. You ever met somebody like that, that everything's an emergency? I have a few people, my, well, this is live stream. I know a few people that when they call me, I can guarantee you what it is. It's going to be an emergency. It could be a hangnail. And it's going to be an emergency. It could be the dumbest thing you've ever heard of. And it's going to be an emergency. Matter of fact, when they call, I have it. My phone goes, ah, 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 ah. And I, you know what I hit? Ignore. Because I already know it's going to be a problem. Listen, you know what leaders do and what godly people do? They don't make a problem bigger. They're able to diffuse it. I mean, a warning sign in your life that you're headed into depression, into a funk, is always making issues bigger than they really are. Let me give you a couple more. This is all intro so we can talk through this. Look at verse 5. This is right out of the Word of God here. Verse 5. And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him. And look what he says. Arise and eat. And then verse number 18. And he arose and did eat and drink. Here's another warning sign. You know what, was, what Elijah was doing here as he's running? He's being lethargic. He's sleeping all the time. Man, do you find your... That's a warning sign. 
Man, if we're not getting out of bed and you're not getting up and you're not moving forward, man, that's a warning sign. Then verses 4, verse 10, and verse number 14, over and over he uses this word, I, 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 I. He's self-centered. Man, he, so he, he's forgetting past victories. He's magnifying the present problems. He's, he's, he's being lazy. He's self-centered. In verses 3 and 4, he uses a lack of logic. And then verse, verse number 4 again, he escapes from everyone. He pulls away from everyone. Escapism. Those are all signs that you're, you're going into this funk. Listen, when you don't feel like coming to church, when you don't feel like being around people, listen, that's a warning sign on the dashboard that we need to check out and we need to get some things right. So what was the causes of his funk? That's a good question. Those are some warning signs. But what was it that caused him to get into this place? The first one that I noticed, look at verse number four. Keep your Bibles open. Look at it. and Stay with me. We're going somewhere with this. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness... And came and sat down under that juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die. And, it, it, and he said, here it is, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life. And I want you to notice this next phrase. For I am not better than my fathers. What was Elijah doing here? He was comparing. Can I just tell you something that will cause you to be in a funk? Something that will cause you to be depressed? Something that will make you miserable? Is when you're comparing yourself with other people. Listen, 2 Corinthians 10 verse number 12 says this, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Can I just say this tonight? Comparison is the thief of joy. Miserable people, depressed people, people that have anxiety are always comparing their, their, their lives to someone else's life. Let me just say this. There's always going to be someone that you think has it better than you. There's always going to be someone that has more money than you. Listen, there's always going to be someone that you, that, that you think maybe has it better in some way. Be content with what God's given you. Listen, don't compare. Man, if we're not careful, we can fall into that trap. Man, of comparing ourselves with someone else within the church or comparing ourselves with someone else at work or comparing some other marriage with our marriage or someone else's kids with our kids, that is a thief of joy. Part of the reason he was in this place is because he was looking at his fathers that had gone on before him and comparing them. Listen, there's only one tonight that we should compare ourselves to, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And last time I checked, we all fall short. Okay, so we're all in the same boat. Comparing. Man, make sure and be careful about that. Comparing yourself. You know, the next thing that was a cause of it, because he was comparing, he had a feeling of failure. Look at verse number 10. A feeling of failure. Look at this. And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. They have thrown down thine altar. So remember, he's the prophet of God preaching to them. And he, look, look what he says here. And they have thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with a sword. And notice these words. And I, even I, am the only one that's left. And they seek my life to take it away. He's at a point when he was comparing. And now he's just sitting there and he goes, you know what? God had called me to preach to these people. These people ain't listening. I'm the only one that's left. And he had felt like a failure. Yeah. And if you always feel like a failure, can I just tell you, you ain't a, you ain't a big a failure as you think you are. If you're sitting here tonight, God's probably doing more in your life than you even know. By the way, study the book of Esther. Study the entire scriptures. God's always at work behind the scenes. I hope you all realize that tonight. Listen, he, he had this feeling of failure. And another cause, look at verse number 10. Verse number 10. 
He says, I'm the only one at the end of it. I, even I, only am left. You know what else he was, he was dealing with here? He was dealing with comparing. He was feeling like a failure. And he was lonely. He, he felt like he was the only one. And you're going to see in a minute he wasn't. But he felt that way. And the reason that he felt that way is because he was comparing. He felt like a failure. He felt like he was alone. All that's introduction. Here's the message tonight. When I get in that funk, because we're all going to get there, because we all have flesh, and at some times we're going to compare, at some time we're going to feel like a failure, there's going to come a time when we do. So what do we do when, we get, when we're tempted to get into that moment? What do we do when we're tempted to throw in the towel? Hey, what do we do when we feel like we're the only one that's serving? I've been there before. Man, I remember being in a church when I felt like I was the only one doing anything. Man, I remember what that was like. Man, I remember feeling like, doesn't anybody else have a passion? And doesn't he? And many times, as we're going to see, it ain't always, it's not always how it seems. Most of the time, there's a whole lot more going on than most of us know. So what do I do when I get to that point when I feel like I want to quit? Man, what is the cure for my, listen, for that funk to get out of it? The first thing that I notice, number one in verses five through eight is this. He needed a physical refresher. Look at verse five. And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, the angel touched him. And look what he says. So he wakes him up. And look what he tells him to do. Arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals, And cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and he laid him down again. So he feeds him. He says, sleep a little bit. And then look at, look, look at verse, number, verse number 7. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, arise and what? Eat. And listen, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and he did eat and drink and he went in that strength for 40 days. Listen, he needed a physical refresher. Psalm 46.10, the psalmist says this, Be still, know that I am God. We live in a stinking world that's so stinking busy and unfortunately that's become some of us and we don't have time to sit down. We don't have time to breathe. We don't have time to eat. We don't have time for our family. It's go, 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 go. And let me just say this, we have no one to blame but ourselves. Sometimes in life, if we're going to get out of the funk, we've got to just simply say no and slow down. Be still. Man, we are so busy. I mean, one of the changes we've tried to make over the past... I missed, I missed years, Brother Kyle, of my daughter growing up because I was thinking that I had to preach here and I had to do this and I had to do this and I had to be at the church every night. There was a day at our church when we were, still, we were in Maryland at a huge church for 15 years. Church of almost 2,000 people. And Sunday morning, we had two services and two Sunday schools. Sunday night, we had service and counseling before the service. Monday night, we had to be at a men's basketball league. Tuesday night, we had church-wide visitation. Wednesday night, and this is after being in the office all day, Wednesday night, we had church and then counseling after that. Thursday, we had church all day and then taught in the Bible Institute from 6 to 9. Friday was the day off, and then we had Reformers Unanimous from 7 to 10. Saturday morning, we had visitation. All doing good things. But if we're not careful... Even as a pastor, while I'm winning the world, I can lose my own soul. And one of the decisions I had to make after mistake after mistake is this. Man, I had to make some changes in my life. Because we can even do a good thing sometimes, thinking that that's going to get God's approval or whatever, while we neglect other good things that need to be taken care of. Sometimes we just need to slow down, y'all. Sometimes we just need to say no. Sometimes we need to sit there and breathe. Man, we get so busy, don't we? 
Man, there's only so many hours a day. And my motto is, and I still, it's still this way, and I should probably change this, but I can sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you don't sleep, you will be dead. God's taught me the hard way and taught some of my friends the hard way that if we don't slow down every once in a while and have a physical refresher, it is not healthy. And by the way, that's a spiritual issue. Too busy. Slow down and be still. Take care of yourself physically. And I'm not here to beat you up. Man, even being conscious about what we're eating and thinking through our days. And man, resting in the Lord. I love Matthew though when we are tired. I love what Matthew says. Come unto me all ye that are heavy laboring or heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, unfortunately in church we've had it reversed a lot of times. The yoke is heavy. <laughs> the burden's heavy. And that's not what God's intended for us. Man, I wonder, maybe you're here tonight and you've been so busy and you've neglected your family, even neglected your ministry here and we run around to so many things. Can I just say, maybe you need a physical refresher. Man, I want to encourage you to take it. I went from years in my life where I wouldn't miss a Sunday as a pastor and as a preacher. I'm talking about years. And you know what God taught me? You're an idiot. He did. You need time off. I used to think that if I wasn't there the show would not go on. And you know what that was? That's the most prideful, arrogant thing that I could think. Because it's not about me. It's about the Lord. And so maybe we need to step back a little bit and think about that tonight. Maybe we find ourselves depressed and anxious all the time. Maybe you need a physical refresher. Notice verse number 18. You know what else he needed? He needed a mental reminder. Look at verse 18. And so I want you to think about this. Remember, who did, who did he say was left? I, only I, am left. Look at verse number 18. Yet I have left me, are y'all seeing this? 7,000 in Israel. All the knees which have not bowed unto Baal. Y'all see, y'all, you see, see what was happening here? My man was so self-absorbed, he thought he was the only one. Hey Elijah, there's 7,000 that haven't bowed. You know, sometimes that's where we can be. I'm the only one serving. We're so self-absorbed, we, we don't see those other people behind the scenes. Man, we, we feel like we're the only one doing anything. We don't see that there's 7,000. That Listen, things were not as bad as He had made them. He needed to stop being self-absorbed and take a look at reality. And here's the truth of the matter. Man, God's doing so much more than we see. Listen, and we, especially in the world today, we look around and say, man, nobody's serving the Lord. Can I, can I tell you something? I've got some news for you. There's churches all over this country, all over this state, all over the world that haven't bowed their knee to bail. It's a great time to serve the Lord. Hey, the darkest times on this earth are the greatest times to move forward. And listen, God's doing a great work here. Can I just tell you, I was in Washington two weeks ago. Washington State, outside of Seattle. God's doing a great work there. Hey, I was in Georgia just a few weeks ago. God's doing a great work there. I was in Jacksonville, Florida just a few months ago. God's doing a great work there. Hey, is everybody tracking me on that tonight? If we're not careful, we'll start thinking we're the only ones. We need a mental reminder tonight that God is still at work in this world. Hey, there's 7,000 or more that haven't bowed to Baal yet. He needed that mental reminder. I love what the psalmist said. Here's a great verse about this. psalmist said in Psalm 37, 25, I have been, old, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging 
bread. I love Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, and we can quote it, but we better believe it. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. We need to be reminded tonight that when we think it's bad, it's not as bad as we think it is. And I, I get to thinking about this a little bit every once in a while. And I, when I get it, I start having, anybody else have a pity party for yourself once in a while? You don't have to raise your hand because I know you do. We start having a pity party. I mean, I, I've met people that come to church every week and they'll still walk around like this, Brother Rick. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Think I'll eat some worms. The sky is falling. Everything's negative. Oh, it's always a problem. And you know what we need to do when we get to that moment? We need a mental reminder. When I start having a pity party, I need to remind myself, oh my goodness, God's been so good to me. If all He's ever done, y'all listen to me tonight, if all He's ever done is save my soul from a devil's hell tonight, hey, that's good. God's been good to me tonight. Listen, we forget so often if there's a roof over our head and there's food on our table and there's shoes on our feet and we've got clothes on our back. He's been good to me. If there's not food on my table, if there's not shoes on my feet, if there's not clothes on my back, oh my goodness, God has been good to me tonight. He needed that reminder. He had just seen, are y'all checking this out? He had just seen those ravens feed him. He had just seen fire come down from heaven. He had just seen the widow's meal multiplied. He had just seen miracle after miracle and he needed to be reminded of it. Oh, we forget so often the answered prayer that God's done. And we got to, sometimes we got short accounts and short memories sometimes. Sometimes it's good for us to hit the rewind button. Go back there. To those times, I remember times for me and Sarah, man, when we were, Brother Kyle, we were faithfully serving the Lord and we didn't have two pennies to rub together, man. I remember living in a little basement apartment when my daughter's room was that, that laundry room and that's where she would sleep every night. And man, we were just as happy then. We look back now, I look back now, I'm like, we were idiots for doing that. Somebody help me tonight. But we were happy in the service of the Lord at that point and I was ha- just as happy then as I am now with a thriving church and money in the bank and God. Do- Listen, can I just say, it's all about perspective and understanding that He's provided. So, See, we've gotten spoiled over time. We begin comparing and we start getting discontent. Let me just say this. I was thinking about this on the way over here. I was so excited to be here tonight because it thrills my heart that there's a church like this in the middle of Whitehall, Montana. I'm telling you. Man, the church where the music's awesome and people show up and they're excited. And there's towns, I, I had somebody while I was here in town already ask an hour away, man, we need somebody to start a church up here. Can I just say this? Y'all are a blessed place tonight. God's been so good to you tonight. Don't ever take for granted what God's done here. The fact that He sent that man and He, man, and he's even, he sent, uh, I, to lead the music, even if He did leave me some, what are those things right there? I hate them things. I hate candy corn. He knew about it. And everywhere I go, people leave me stinking candy corn. That's out of the pit of hell if I've ever seen it before. Nasty. But God's been good to y'all as a church. Listen, if you're, say, if you're sitting here tonight, you may have some junk going on in your life. I just want to remind you, if you've got breath in your lungs to sing Behold Our God tonight and you've been saved by the blood of the Lamb, oh my goodness, God's been so good to you. One of the things I started doing, because I would struggle sometimes. I mean, I would hear one church person. It's always the negative ones that got the loudest voices. Most of the time you don't hear when it's going good, you hear when it's going bad. Yep. There's a famous cyclist and drug addict named Lance Armstrong. Have you ever heard of him? Yep. He talks about how as he was riding in the Tour de France, he'd be riding and there'd be thousands of people cheering for him. One person booing. And guess who he would remember? Yeah. One person booing. And that's how we are so often. God could blessings, y'all listen to me, God's blessing 
in his hand could be all over our lives. One little bad thing happens like Elijah. We become so self-absorbed. Man, one of the things I tried to do, and Sarah knows this, I got a little blue book sits on my desk. It's sitting on the house coffee table. I write my prayer request down. When people ask me to pray, man, I write it down. And I go through there when that prayer gets answered. Some have been there for years now, but I'll highlight it as it gets answered. And what it does for me every once in a while when I start feeling like God's not there, God, like Habakkuk, God, where are you? God's intangible. God's not answering prayer. And there's times we all feel that way. I'll go back to that little blue book, back to page number one. And there's about two that aren't highlighted yet there, but you know what? There's about 30 that are. I'll turn it to page number two, and I'll see those prayers that have been answered for years. Man, so often we forget, oh my goodness, he's been so good to us. Man, he's answered prayers we forgot. He's answered so many prayers if we prayed, we've forgotten about them tonight. He's answered prayers we never prayed that we needed to pray that we've forgotten about. Man, I remember when we moved by faith to go to the ministry at a church we were going to go to. And we didn't know how we were going to pay for it. We didn't know how we were going to get there. We didn't know anything. I remember the exact amount we needed to pay for that U-Haul truck showed up. I'm I'm telling you, it's crazy stuff. Check showed up. You know what that is? That's God's blessing in God's hand. Man, I've seen times where we would be late. And we were, we'd be angry because maybe we got caught in traffic or something. And, there's a rec- and it was God's hand on our life for some reason. There's so many times God's doing stuff when we don't even see it. I just want to say this. Sometimes we just need a mental reminder. When you start getting down, when you start having that funk, when you start feeling a pity party, just remember how good God's been to you. Sometimes it's good to take out a pen and start writing those little things that He's done in your life. I mean, those times where He just looked out for you. I mean, the, and at the end of the day, you may have none of those. If He saved your soul, I'm just telling you. He's been so good to us. He, man, he needed a physical refresher. He needed a mental reminder. And then notice this. Look at verse number 9. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold. Notice these next couple words. The word of the Lord came unto him. God began to speak to him. Not only did he need that physical refresher. Not only did he need a mental reminder, but he needed a spiritual renewal. He needed revival in his life. And can I just say this? Revival isn't a corporate thing. You know what revival is? It's an individual thing. Elijah needed a revival. If we're going to see revival, it starts with us individually. James 1.22 says this, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Psalms 18.30, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust Him. Listen, when you get in a funk, when you start getting down, when you start feeling bad, when you find yourself under that tree... God doesn't send an angel to us, but you know what He has revealed to us and He has given to us? This old blessed book. And it's not just a hood ornament. Listen, it's not just a dash ornament. It's not just something that goes onto our coffee table. It's not just something we should blow the dust off off Sunday. I'm just telling you right now. Listen, this will help a weary soul. This is bread for a hungry stomach. Listen, this is, this is, it'll change your life. Amen. Talked about it in Sunday school yesterday. I talked to people who have been in church their entire lives. They've never read this book through. Can I just say this tonight? And I'll move on. I don't want to beat you up. Listen, we have been given God's holy word. And I'll talk to Bible college students that have never read the Bible. I'll talk to pastors sometimes that don't have a consistent time in God's word. Can I just tell you, if you feel like God's not working your life and God's not speaking to you, it's not the man standing behind this pulpit's fault. It's not anybody else's fault. I'm just telling you, I've been at this a long time. It's your fault. I mean, you've got to learn to feed yourself. 
You've got to learn to run to this book. And there's so many times where I'll open the word and man, I'll get into a passage and sometimes it'll be an obscure passage. It's one I don't even, and, it, and man, God just all, you know, bam! His word and his spirit collide in your heart. and He'll begin to encourage you. I mean, you'll get in there and you'll begin to read. And, I mean, you can trust those promises. And sometimes we just need a spiritual renewer. Maybe if you're in a funk, can I just tell you this? Maybe you need to pray and you need to get in the word. Let me just say this tonight. How's that prayer life? A lot of times, you know what we'll do, and I find people doing, they'll run to me. They'll run to the preacher. They'll run to some internet preacher that they think cares about them. Huh? Y'all, we have access to God. We can come boldly to the throne of grace for help at a time to me. Listen, we can call unto thee and he will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Listen, Elijah had to get to a point where he was crying out to God. It's amazing. Even though he was asking God to take his life, he was going to the right person. Sometimes in our weakness, our depravity, and our anger, you know who we need to go to? Not to that other brother. Not to the preacher. Not to Facebook. We need to go to God Almighty. And just say, God, I don't understand. I need your help. You know what he'll do so often? He'll reach down. He'll touch us. He'll give us bread to eat. He'll give us that rest that we need. If you need a spiritual renewal, I just want to encourage you. Maybe even t- tonight you need to make a decision. I'm going to get back in this book. I'm going to get back in prayer. I'm going to begin to spend time with the Lord again. Let me show you a couple more and we'll be done tonight. He needed a spirit. So think about it. What did he need? A physical refresher. A mental reminder. He needed a, a, a mental reminder. He needed a spiritual renewal. And then know this. Look at verse number 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, he with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him, and he cast his mantle upon him. You know what else he needed? He needed a relational reinforcement. He needed that young man to get past the mantle to. You know what I thought of as I was reading this, Brother Kyle, is this. Man, there were 7,000 people who believed like Elijah back in Israel. And no matter how, and this is what it taught me. No matter if we feel alone, we're not. When we, when we think we're alone, we're not. I mean, there's people all around here. I mean, I'm just telling you, I've, been, I've only been here two days, but I know this. I already know this. Just spending time with y'all yesterday. There's some people, when if you're going through it, I'd be more than happy to pray with you, to hold up your hands, to love on you, to invest in you. We all need a, We all aren't going to be best friends with everybody, but we all need somebody in our lives that can pray with us, that can hold us accountable. I mean, we need that. I mean, he needed that relational reinforcement. And then here's something that I think about with Elijah. This is the last one too, and I'll be done. I want, to, I want you to think about this one. Elijah had trained up Elisha. Elijah was that Bible college professor, if you will. He, 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 or that preacher, and he trained up that young preacher boy. And you know what I found out about this? As he's passing that mantle, this is what I thought about. He needed to invest in someone else. I think that's what God was reminding him here. When I find myself in that funk... When I find myself wanting to be ministered to, and I tell this, I preach this hard at my church. If I feel like I want to be ministered to, you know what many times I need to do? I need to go minister to someone else. I remember there was a time when we we used to go on mission trips a lot pre-COVID. And we would go down, we've been down to Dominican many times, and we would build some stuff down there. And we've been to Jamaica, we'd go to a, a 
deaf school there in Jamaica. All these deaf kids were there, and we build things for them and minister to them as we're there. I remember going on these mission trips. I'd always feel like I was going to be super Christian, and I was going to go there and change these kids' lives, you know. I'm taking them a T-shirt with whoever didn't win the Super Bowl, but it said they did. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, like I'm some hero giving you some leftover shirt, you know. Go over there, feeling like we're going to change these kids' life. You know, every time I went over there, every time I went over there, guess who ended up being ministered to and ended up being blessed? I leave just weeping. I, here's what God taught me. Oh, my goodness. I thought those kids needed me. <laughs> I needed those kids. When I'm having a bad day, and I have them as pastor, man, I'll have times where, man, I, Monday morning rolls around, I want to quit every Monday. I do. We could have the best day. And just something about Mondays for the preacher, it's rough. And I found when I go visit that person in the hospital, or I go see that family that's hurting, or I go begin to pour into that other person, when I go invest in that other life, when I take my staff around me and I disciple them and I pour into them, you know what God ends up doing in my life? He ends up ministering to me. When, I'm encouraged, when I go trying to be an encouragement to somebody else, guess who ends up getting encouraged? Me. There's times I'll pull up to that house. I'll be honest with you. And I don't do it as much. Thank God. I, I just don't. I, I should do it more. But when I force myself to pull up to that house, there's times I'll sit there and I don't want to get out of the car. Because I've done so much. I've invested in them. They won't listen. Because church people don't listen to the preacher. They just don't. <laughs> And I, I want to go up there. and I, There's times I don't even want to get out of the car. And I ask God for the strength and the motivation to get out of there. To go minister sometimes to somebody that don't even like me. And I know they don't because I tell everybody else about it. But I know it's the right thing to do. You know how many times I'll do? I'll get out of there and I'll go up to that door and knock on the door. I'll go in there and spend 30 minutes with them. We'll pray together. It'll be one of the sweetest times I've ever had. And you know what? I leave there. I go in discouraged and I leave there refreshed. Investing in someone else. When you start having a bad day, when you start getting that funk, sometimes just that little phone call to that person saying, I love you and I pray for you. Can I just tell you it'll do something in your heart? Maybe finding that person that you know financially struggling and even anonymously just being a blessing to them, God will do something in your heart. Man, he'll help you. We have been blessed to be a blessing. And when we're blessed and we're a blessing, we end up being blessed. It's an amazing thing in the Christian life. When we go to encourage, we end up being encouraged. When we go to invest, we end up being invested in. When we go and show love, we end up being loved. And maybe tonight, and I don't know anything about where you are at. I don't know what you're going through. But maybe some of us tonight need to just think about this. We need a mental reminder. Maybe you're here tonight and you need a physical refresher. Maybe you're here tonight and you need to just step back and say, you know what, I need to invest in someone else. I need to stop being so self-centered. I need to stop thinking I'm the only one that's going through this. And give it to the Lord tonight. And I want to encourage you to do that. Those that make it long-term in a church, in a marriage, in a business, are people that learn to forgive each other over and over again. They learn to work through things over and over again. They learn that, that we're going to let each other down over and over again, and we keep moving forward for the cause of Christ. That's what I want to encourage you with. And I always bow our heads for prayer tonight. And I want you to think about that tonight.